With us today is Mario Economo, our European correspondent. He was a former banker in in uh, Athens, uh, Zurich, London, New York, Philadelphia, and uh, he always calls us to give us an update of what's going on in the European community. How are you, Mario? Good morning, Mr. Katsimatidis. I'm very well, thank you. Yesterday, let's start with something rather unfortunate. Uh, we've been informed, or rather the Kremlin has informed uh, the G20 that President Putin will not be attending the conference later this month uh, in Indonesia. That's a rather unfortunate development, uh, given it had provided a very good opportunity for President Putin, President Zelensky, President Biden, as well as the various other people around the world to sit in a room and see if they could reach an agreement to end the war in the Ukraine. President Xi is meeting with President Biden. The reason the reason that this is important that President uh, Putin is not going is because it, it, it does not provide a platform for them to reach an agreement. The Kremlin announced the reason he's not going is because they cannot guarantee his safety. They believe that uh, U.S., British, and European intelligence uh, may try to assassinate him. So therefore, they don't want to take the risk of allowing President Putin to be at the conference. Um, uh, this is also falling on the back of what's going on in Kherson uh, in the Ukraine, where the Russians have decided to unilaterally withdraw on the other side of the river. Uh, whereas the Ukrainians should be celebrating this, specifically Mr. Zelensky, he's very cautious and he believes that the Russians are only doing this to essentially regroup because they're unable at the current time to resupply uh, and logistically support their military forces there. So Mr. Zelensky is saying that he doesn't believe that this is going to actually result in something long-term and good. President Biden, for his part, has said that both Russia and the, uh, Ukraine, and, and specifically Mr. Zelensky, should see if they can sit down at a table and reach some type of an agreement to end the hostilities and the war. The Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs, uh, through Ms. Zaharova, has announced that they're prepared to meet with the Europeans and to discuss terms that could actually end this war. And I think that everybody on all sides right now is prepared uh, uh, to consider sitting down to speak, except for one person, and that one person is Mr. Zelensky. And that's very dangerous because he's playing an all-or-nothing game. And unfortunately, in the world we live in, and in life in general, when you play all-or-nothing, you seldom come up a winner. So perhaps Mr. Zelensky w will reconsider his stance. Now, there is something else that's interesting and that's happening as well, and that is in Russia, specifically two large European retailers who had withdrawn uh, when the sanctions first were, were first implemented, uh, they are actually going to, uh, under a different brand name, relaunch in Russia. So they are essentially going to be uh, selling under a different name and under a different ownership structure but they'll be selling once again in Russia. And this, is, this was obvious and it was bound to happen. I think when everybody pulled out of Russia, the goal was to wait and see, wait six months, seven months, maximum 10 months. But at this point, they realized that this war may continue. That being said, they don't want to have an impact on their business, so they're going to figure out ways to rebrand and sell in Russia under a different banner or name. Understood. Now, uh, you know, Russia has created a alliance with China and a quasi-alliance uh, uh, with India. We don't know where India really stands because they're, they're, they're doing a lot of business with Russia and China. Uh, 
Iran is part of that, that alliance. Uh, Saudi Arabia has an agreement with with Russia uh, on oil that they want to maintain a hundred dollar uh, a a uh, barrel uh, price. They, tell us where where all this stuff sorts itself out. I think we need to all accept and realize that we're no longer going to live in the uh, U.S. centric world that we've li- lived in up until now. We're now seeing the world split into two camps once again, in much the same way we did uh, during the Cold War, except now it's going to essentially be the Cold War on steroids. The reason I say on steroids is because China is going to be on the other side with Russia and with many other countries around the world that have either refused to sanction uh, Russia or have basically said they are going to uh, continue trading with Russia and they don't feel that anything wrong has been committed by Russia. So I think that uh, as long as we all, we being in the West, meaning Europe and the U.S., understand and realize that we're going to once again be facing a multipolar world, we need to figure out ways wherein we can trade with those countries without necessarily focusing on changing their government structures or the way that they run their own countries. We need to basically focus on ourselves and figure out how we can actually trade successfully with them so that we can maintain our quality of life and standard of living without worrying about what is happening in those particular countries. That's just my opinion. I think that the driving trend right now in in Brussels, in Europe, and in Washington is that they want to push for democracy in those countries. I think at some point they're going to realize it's going to spectacularly backfire on the West, and they'll change course. But for now, I think that that is what the intention is. Where does the uh, country of uh, Turkey and Erdogan stand this, this week? Well, that's a very good question, Mr. Katsimatidis, and thank you for asking me. Yesterday we had an uh, election in the U.S., uh, and this election will actually be the most, the outcome of that election will be the most beneficial for one country in Europe, and specifically Greece. We saw a whole uh, grouping of Greek Americans who are very supportive of Greece win re-election, as well as some new people come into Congress who are going to be big supporters of Greece, as well as the new senator from Pennsylvania. I think that's positive. I think it's going to make things for Turkey progressively more difficult, and I expect Turkey to become progressively more belligerent as President Erdogan moves towards the election, uh, his re-election in mid-year of 2023, meaning essentially six to seven months out. The numbers in Turkey have turned. The polls are starting to favor President Erdogan. His belligerent rhetoric against Greece has actually worked domestically. It has not worked internationally, so it will be interesting to see how he's going to move ahead. Well, Mario Economo, thank you so much for the update, and uh, let's catch up again real soon. And uh, always text me or or call me if there's urgent uh, news to be reported in America. Okay, thank you for having me on.